listening to the Red's Night Podcast. This is episode 5 for September 14th, 2016. Joining me today is Quinn Rujiwidjway. How we doing? I'm doing alright. I've actually started to win some more games and like carry pretty hard recently, so that's nice. That's always nice. Yeah, I've been playing a fair bit of Zillion mid with a lot of success. Yeah, I had a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good highlight play where I flashed over a wall as Pantheon eat over the wall to get me. I'm going to put it to some hype-ass music and make sort of like a funny little uh, clip of that. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, a play for days. I can't wait for that to be uploaded. Yeah, for sure. So just a little bit of housekeeping before we get underway. Um, we actually have an email address. It's redsmitepodcast at gmail.com. I'm just inviting any listeners to... Email in questions, comments, like about the game, about the podcast itself. Anything you guys want to chime in with, we're going to start doing a listener feedback section at the end of the show. So uh, let's just hop right into the discussion section of this uh, show. Um, Basically, the world championships are coming up real soon. The players have been sent off to boot camps and the world groups have been drawn, which we'll get to in a little bit. Something I thought was really cool was the Taiwanese players were sent off by the actual president of Taiwan, which that's like a big monumental step for not only esports in Taiwan, but just in general. Right, and I went on to read this article, and it was poorly translated by Google, but from what I picked up, it seems like she even gave them gifts, upwards of like a large sum of money, and made a speech about why gaming is a great industry and everyone needs to invest in it, and it was really targeted mostly at the people that looked at it as quote-unquote worthless. So I think it's, yeah, like you said, like just a great step for the, for the industry, for a president of a country to come through and go, this is providing jobs, this is something people are pas- young people are passionate about. This yeah, is it's a whole new should, industry. Right, this is something we should support. So I'm definitely glad that happened. Yeah, well, it's not all roses as far as the world championships go because – some TSM scrims actually got leaked. They were uploaded probably by an analyst to a YouTube channel that wasn't protected or something like that. I'm pretty sure I heard about some passwords being cracked or something like that. And so we actually got vision into two TSM scrims with SKT that didn't have voice comms and one that actually did have voice comms. Nothing was too, like, secret strategy. You know, there wasn't too many, like, secret strats in them, but... It's still a pretty big faux pas for the organization and not too good. I don't know how it will bear for TSM being able to scrim a lot of other teams if people know that SKT's scrims even got leaked. Yeah, I think this might actually be malicious because RNG's game got um, leaked actually recently. And oh, I didn't even know about and that. And Doublelift got quoted saying that Cloud9's probably next to get their game leaked. Probably some sort of hacks. So that's yeah, it sounds not great. A- Whoever's doing that asshole that's not very malicious to me yeah but i mean on the bright side uh riot was talking about their 10-year anniversary and they're actually going to be doing some really cool things for players so everyone's going to be getting a free riot kale skin if you already have it you're going to get a mystery gift and if you can't get mystery gifts because you have like only 10 skins left to get (laughs) then you'll get the rp equivalent in your region so for all you guys who have every single skin i guess that's kind of i don't i don't know uh, but there's also going to be a double IP weekend, and they listened. It's going to be the same for solo players as group players. So a lot of solo players were complaining, yeah. where's my double IP? <laughs> yeah, though so I think that the um, double IP weekend and the free skin is very cool. Um, 
I do unfortunately think it does kind of degrade the value of the skin if everybody gets it. But makes me sad because I have it, but at the same time, I got a free mystery gift, and I never wear Riot Kale, because actually, if you play with Sounds On, it constantly, every time she activates her E, it plays a siren, like like a police car, and it's actually so annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, but I mean, as far as League goes, it's, League of Legends is doing really well right now. I saw an article that there's over 100 million active players monthly, and like for comparison, in June, Valve announced that there's 13 million monthly players in Dota 2. So that just shows like how big league is and we saw numbers around like 60 70 million a couple years ago but it's it league is definitely growing Uh, yeah 87 million more monthly players that's massive and i believe i read an article not too recently that um overwatch had currently overtaken uh league of legends in the gamer gamer um like the uh the pc bangs right the uh, pc bangs in korea were the overwatch was the number one play rate but recently, League of Legends has came over and taken that back, taken that yeah. spot back. Rightfully so, League of Legends is the most played game in the world probably right now. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm really liking how the meta has been evolving as far as League goes, like just on patch 618 here. We've had about a week to play on it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a shifting meta. One thing that is a bit sad for Talia players is that she's actually terrible she didn't quite get the azir treatment but she she almost got azir like she's so bad right now i think like she that she hasn't gotten the azir treatment until she's ignored for a patch and a half but like she definitely is down there at similar win rate and i think that nobody's gonna play her obviously in professional plays he even sees a few professional games especially in korea and china just to do his utility but i mean right seeing how the raw numbers and, like, what Talia wants to do for people who don't know her. Her Q damage used to do 50% more to minions, and now she can't really push as hard because that's gone. So I definitely don't think we'll be seeing much of her in the future. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Mm -hmm. So as far as uh, top lane goes, Illaoi is just ridiculously strong, even when she's behind. Yeah. You were seeing it playing her, like... That's what I was going to say. From my experience, Illaoi is really just, like, even when she's behind, she can win 1v1, she can provide much pressure, and she is honestly, in my opinion, overpowered. I mean, we only see her her get played by Quas, but I think... I think that we'll see more of her in nobody's go, yeah nobody's gonna pull out their real weapons until we see groups no matter what scrims we see no one's really gonna be bringing out the top notch new meta th- picks until groups which will be on because they want to be believe, surprising start, right I believe yeah. in those start on the 29th of this month and so that would be a very in my opinion contested champion if things continue at the rate it is now. So, swinging it all the way down the map to the bot lane, Kog'Ma is just a powerhouse right now. But they're basically going to do an unrework on Kog'Ma. They're going to revert the changes that they did to his W. So it no longer is going to... This is only on the PB, by the way, people. Uh, but they're going to revert the changes on his W so that he no longer breaks the attack speed barrier and goes to, like, 5 attack speed. And they're going to give some bonus attack speed on his Q. So that's an interesting thing. Get your fun in with Kog'Maw now. Just know he will be changing soon. Yeah, I think that it's definitely 
a strong move by Riot. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, where I don't know. Where do you stand on it? Because I think that he's really, really strong right now. I think Kogma is cancerous, but he's so fun to play. Right. And it also is very hard to play him optimally if people actually go kill him. But sometimes in the chaos of a fight, you don't realize Kogma showed up, and then oh wait, we're all dead. He's just such but a, that's a that's fun for me as the Kogma player, but that's not fun for anyone else. He's just such a niche champion, and every once in a while, you'll just see him spike in play rate. I mean, not play rate, win rate. And as soon as he spikes in win rate, then he spikes in play rate. Then he becomes like a top pick, and I can see what Riot's seeing here. It's like, okay, this is the second time now. That this is becoming a cycle of cock. Is either on the bottom or on the top. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, as far as the champion that was on the top, but now is on the bottom, uh, Vlad is seeing really low win rate in mid. So, I mean, he's still going to be very viable at top levels of play, in my opinion. But the nerfs that they hit him with basically made him not so... Like, he's so he was just so brain-dead. Uh, to play before. You just stack health, MR, and run in and face tank and just kill everyone. So I'm, I'm personally happy that they nerfed Vlad. Yeah, he's such an interesting champion because he's hard to play against, very hard to play against, and very annoying to play against. Yet he's seeing the lowest win rate in mid this patch. So it's like, even with this high ban rate, and even with all of this, you know, basic... He has this aura that's just a tim- intimidating with him healing your poke. He's still really a shitty champion in lower elo, so I'm not quite sure um, what they're going to do with him. I mean, from the start, Vlad- Riot admitted Vladimir was a terrible champion. If they could, yeah, that's her- what they-, they said before they wanted when they wanted to like rework him with that he was like we hate vladimir he's not healthy for the game yeah if there's any champion that we can take out of the game it'd be vladimir i believe that was the quote and so i think um i think this recent change to him only made him more cancerous i think they should have done a lot of different things with him and i wouldn't be surprised if we saw another rework in the future I hope he doesn't get the Rise treatment where he's just continuously reworked. I mean, I'm happy with the new Rise rework, but I, I don't want that to be a cycle where people just mess up, where the Riot just messes up reworking champions and they just keep going. But Well, all right. As far let's just take a move on to the champions that are on the Rise right now. Uh, let's just swing it up to the top side of the map and uh, move our way down. So a champion that we... When he first came out, we said was broken, then we said was bad, and now we're seeing him be good again, is Kled. And honestly, it kind of reflects what I thought about him the whole time, is that when he first came out, I thought, wow, this guy's OP. And then I saw everyone suck with him, and I was like, no, people just suck with him. Like, if you actually look at his kit, Kled is, he's great. And now we're seeing Kled with a pretty good win rate in top, like 52%, and uh, seeing him do some... On like almost borderline unfair things in games, like not being able to the fact that he can't be disabled, like what we observed when he couldn't be disabled in his ultimate, that like why do they give that to him also with a Ramus Q and a AOE Siver ultimate and like all this other stuff? Like yeah, I feel like there's definitely a little bit of extra abilities into his kit that when they come around and bring the ban hammer on his head, they might take some quality of life out of him. Um, regardless, I think one of the strongest things about Kled is the fact that his all gives him uh, his team an advantage, not just him. And 
just because of that, I think we might see him in groups as well. It'll be very. I hope so. I think he's a really cool champion. I think he like, brings I a lot. Like he reminds me of Bard. He brings a lot to like the game of League of Legends. I mean, don't you want to see some like Korean carry top laners like Smeb or something on Kled, like destroying Absolutely. the enemy team six and zero? Like, that sounds great. That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. So I mean, as far as carry top laners go, Riven, who got buffs this patch, she's seen a rise in play rate and win rate, and I, I mean, fairly so. She's definitely not as weak as she was before. She still requires skill to perform well on, but the uh, buffs to her ultimate allowed her to execute people a lot easier and snowball more quickly. Yeah, I think, you know, patches ago, Riven was kind of a brain-dead champion. She was known for um, face roll, not needing much skill. Then Riot made her kind of a champion that was the opposite. The more that you played, the better you got at her, and only veteran Riven players were good Riven players. Now we're seeing a, a higher win rate, so is this just... Riven players coming out off the gate and making the win rate look high, and we'll see over the next week and a half if, if the win rate mellows out, or if she really is becoming super strong. Yeah, definitely something we'll have to keep our eye on. And then also, not a carry, but in the top lane, Nautilus, he keeps rising in win rate, and it's straight up because his ultimate stuns people uh, on the dredge line that trails after the yeah, target you put it on. Change. like. It's such a good team fight ultimate. You bring so much utility to your team. It's really, really good. Yeah, I've, can, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm pretty certain, or not pretty certain, I am certain that Nautilus brings the most CC out of any champion to the game. If you do it correctly on just one ultimate yeah. and then, like, walking in there, yeah. If you see four people with no CC, the best pick is going to be Nautilus. And if, For sure. If he's good enough to rock in the top lane, that is super, just allows a lot of viability, let alone the flex pick, because it's also a good support and possible jungle. Yeah, so swinging it down to the jungle, uh, someone who got a buff uh, on 618 is Lee Sin. They increased his lifesteal in the jungle, which allows him to build more greedily in runes and masteries, and he can carry very hard. I'm not a very good Lee Sin. I still went 16 and 4. I mean, I'm decent. I can do some of the stuff, but you know, he, he's definitely a fun champion that you can... Um, not die in the jungle so easily, getting so low clearing camps anymore. So yeah. that's a very nice thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, that Riot likes to buff these champions that are really flashy before Worlds. Jace, Ezreal, Lee Sin. Uh, it's just true. However, uh, yeah, with Lee Sin being really strong, he's been seeing a lot of play for the boot campers in Korea and watching a lot of highlight videos and watching a lot of... Um, win rates and just watching OP.GG stats as the days go by, can definitely see everybody playing a lot of Lee to climb ELO quick. So if you're a jungler, that's the guy to get good at. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if we're going to talk about just like climbing in and of itself, like Gragas and Rek'Sai got nerfed, which has actually allowed Kindred to like spike up to around 52% win rate. Which is weird because I've been saying that Kindred is terrible, like pretty much this whole season when like they gutted her and then they took away her W heal and she's just not rewarding for me to play anymore. But I I guess with Gragas and Rexai like not being so strong, she has the early game to ramp up and then uh 
be able to dominate in the mid to late game. So I'm definitely going to have to get in some games on Kindred and see how she is. Yeah, in the larger scale of things, it seems like this is what happens um, a lot of the times with Riot, is they won't have to even touch the numbers on a one champion. They'll just nerf all of the ones that were on top of it or the specific counters, and then that champion becomes good and meta. And I think that's the case that happened here with Kindred. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the same case with Nocturne. I mean, he's always been decent. He's never been really OP for a while or really underpowered for a while, but he's been flying under the radar, so to speak. Uh, but his win rate has been spiking, and I think Nocturne is a very effective jungler to be able to just get to his team. Once he has six and he builds a lot of CDR, which I think should be core, just attack damage CDR and then tank on your Nocturne build, you'll be able to alt to your team while you're hard farming or split pushing, and it provides a lot of uh, global threat and global globals are very important in this meta. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the strongest thing Nocturne has. This is all he immediately blocks the vision on everyone on the map, even if you're not near that fight. The can't, I can't tell you how many times I'm walking th through a river or I'm fighting a lane opponent and I see the Nocturne all shroud around me and I just think he's coming for me and I start playing really <laughs> passively. I drop easy kills, I drop CS, I run away from experience, I run away from the scuttle, the dragon, vision. Right, And yeah. it turns out he wasn't anywhere near me. So he's definitely one of those mind game champions, which I appreciate personally. For sure. All right, well, swinging it down to the mid lane, Brand is someone that I would really like to touch on. He, he feels OP when I play him, and the win rates are showing that he's definitely rising in win rate. I'm not sure which champions specifically have allowed him to start dominating so hard, but I feel like I almost have a free win if my team doesn't feed him and allows me to get to two items. Like, I think he's, he's so fun. I think what people don't do is they respect, uh, don't respect his alt. And his alt will win a team fight single-handedly if he is able to get um, its stack on, you know, all five targets and, and get his passive off. That's a huge thing as well. Once his passive goes off, it actually does AoE damage. A lot of people don't really, like, try Consider to avoid each sure. other when they both have rings around each other. They're like, oh, we both have rings around each other. That's like two zillion bombs, basically, on them that are about to go off. And they don't realize that, and people don't really run away. And so I think a large part of Brand being overpowered right now is people just not respecting his power. So in higher elo, I think he's he's neutral. He's not too strong. He's not too weak. But definitely where I'm sitting at in gold too at the moment and like low platinum, definitely strong pick, especially if you can land that spell rotation. Yeah, if you can EQW alt, you will destroy. <laughs> you will destroy at least the first person you hit, if not two or three more people. Yeah. Yeah, and then anyway, talking about people that will just... The, these three picks that we have here basically just destroy people. Echo is the next one, and he just keeps getting his AP ratio buff. Like, people people just complain about tank Echo or different builds for Echo, so Riot's like, all right, we'll just keep buffing his AP ratios. Is this what you want? He can just literally kill you with an EQ auto Thunderlord's triple proc of his passive. That's it's what you wanted, right? That's like, ridiculous. he's squishy, guys. Like, Yeah, I find... It's actually appalling how much raw AP buffs he's been getting and just, like, an attempt to get Tank Echo to stop being played. When, to me, it's like, okay, it's been five fucking patches of buffing his AP 
but not nerfing his kit. You need to focus on the kit if working on the numbers isn't happening, and that's... Yeah, because as they buff his AP, I literally... I'm just going more and more hybrid tank. I'll go Triforce and then, like, a Proto Belt and some tankiness and, like, uh, Magi's if I'm snowballing. Like, I'll just throw in more AP in there because it's it it just does a lot of damage. So, I'm, I'm not sure if Riot even knows what they're supposed to do with Echo. I hope he doesn't just get destroyed. Yeah. And then, talking about one more champion that destroys people is Lux. And they buffed her E. The slow on her E, which is already almost impossible to dodge without boots. I'm I have no idea right now because I yeah. don't know why they would do that. Well, it's because they, uh, the higher ups were playing her clearly. Right. Uh, Somebody all... had a, a Reddit post of the founders most played champions are Lux. I mean that may be the case, but regardless, uh, it's not going to change anything. Right now she's strong, and uh, she's worth a ban because she she could be played support. However, she's actually seen the lowest win rate out of any support, so I wouldn't play her support, but she's definitely just ban-worthy. If she gets gold, she rolls, and that's why I think she's better in mid lane, because she'll just face roll, a t- like, right. she'll just kill you. I think one spell rotation she's one of the rare champions with, like, Magi's Soul Stealer built into her recommended, and in that, my opinion, any champion with that built into the recommended is, like, definitely... Cancer? This, yeah, well, yeah, it's Cancer, but definitely, like, Telltale Snowball champion. So, she's, yeah, for she's sure. really easy to, like, get, like, she's a support, so she'll port a kit, so it's really easy just to throw shield out, get an assist, add that stack to Magi's. For sure. Um, I guess talking about supports, let's just bring it down there. Um, Zillion has been seeing a rise in win rate and play rate as a support, and I actually really value Zillion support because with just a little bit of AP... He'll be reviving you, speeding you up, doing decent damage, stunning. Uh, if Zillion's on top of his micro, he will make your AD carry an absolute monster, even if they're not even that good. Right. I, I've been playing a lot of Zillion mid, like I said at the intro, and one of the reasons is because I feel like a lot of the time my duo partner and my partners get AD carry, and what I can do is up my E second, and it goes up to 99% bonus movement speed for 2.5 seconds. And with my W resetting my abilities, I can use that for a technical 5 seconds of 99% move speed. I mean, how else... uh, What else can you ask for as, like, an AD carry? Say you're Jinx, say you're anybody. You can just kite for days. You can walk around or walk like it's nothing. You can... Do anything you want with. Yeah, you can literally <laughs> play games with your food when you have ninety-nine percent movement. Ninety-nine percent movement is ridiculous. So I think that it's she's also seen um, uh, overall placement up six notches, and the second person, the second highest person who moved up, was only two two rolls, two notches. So he's definitely like the only support that got a big change this patch. Yeah. So I mean, talking about. The two that we have left is really nothing to talk about. Sona and Soraka, still OP. Right. Heal bots with good ultimates. Right, like I said, the yeah. only real change is Zillion is now viable. Yeah. So I guess swinging it down to the other members of the bot lane, AD Carry, uh, I don't know if there's too much to talk about here because we did address that Jinx would be going up in win rate. Uh, we've observed that. Twitch is going up in win rate, which I think is mainly due to the fact that Ash is going down in win rate, 
and Ash like kind of hard counters Twitch in my opinion because Twitch pops out and then Ash turns around and arrows him and kills him in like two seconds. So yeah. that's my personal opinion as to why Twitch is going up in win rate and Misfortune's also going up in win rate. And I think that's also because of Ash going down in win rate because uh, Ash can just arrow Misfortune while she's doing her ultimate. So that's my personal hypothesis on uh, on that one. Or on those two, rather. Right. Uh, Twitch actually seen a attack speed nerf on the PvE at the moment when he comes out of his stealth. We'll see how that goes through because that is... Um, it could change, but yeah, I think I think if it doesn't, Twitch will definitely be another strong pick in Worlds that we'll see a lot of. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see the Korean players on some Twitch. Like yeah. I love, my, I love, I loved, I loved Samsung White with Twitch last year. That was one of my favorite things that I, I was or not last year two years ago I guess yes 2014 champion yeah that was just so I love that um all right well wrapping up our meta shift and just moving on to the things that we can look on the horizon as far as the PVE there's like so much world stuff on there there's world championship emotes a new login screen some hextech crafting items I assume they're going to have some special chests uh and some new summoner icons for esports and just some nice, uh, nice things to show your flavor and your like, you know, different, different. Uh, like I love being able to mastery emote my team over my head when I do a nice play. Like yeah. it, it's it's nice to show your support that way. Yeah, but you can definitely tell Riot is almost like ready to announce the uh, wrapping up of the season because there's all these new things coming up. The big assassin update. Um, another thing that's really big is the new champion. We'll have to see what's going on with that, because it will definitely be not played in any professional play. Yeah, for sure. And they also have a whole new stream of, like, uh, splashes and just little little things that are definitely... It, it's feeling more um, pre-season-y if you look at the PBE right now. It's definitely feeling like uh, they're ramping up for some bigger changes than they've been doing, because 618 was pretty much a snooze of a patch. It was mostly just fixing a little bit here and there. Yeah. One uh, change I do want to talk about on the PvE that's happening that at least affects my personal pool at the moment because one of my best champions is Aurelian Soul. Um, they are nerfing his passive and his W quite effectively. They're taking some late game, a good chunk of late game damage off of his W, or not his W, his passive, and they're also literally halving his uh, W damage, base damage, not the active. So they'll definitely, and upping the mana cost too, so they're definitely trying to stop the run into lane and abuse the W and wave clear really fast before somebody OCS and XP, but they are giving him some really nice quality of life changes on his E. They're making it so he no longer has the escape velocity, no longer has to walk in a straight line and stack 100 movements. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I like that. Now he can I like just that a lot. It. Right, and they're doing a few other changes. It's all on the PPE, so nothing's too detailed. I'll get oh yeah, another another PPE nerf that I actually want to touch on real quick that we don't have written down, but it's they're changing Anivia's damage on her like Alt E combo, just her like E uh, double damage. They're like almost having it. So <laughs> I remember I saw a clip of Gosu a day or two ago where he gets just literally R E Thunderlorded by uh, Anivia from full health. 
and just killed immediately as an AD yeah. carry. And I was like, much counterplay, such wow, like that's fair. Yeah, as an NVIDIA player, that happens sometimes. <laughs> In the right It's like walk up to someone, bop, you're dead. Yeah, I can see the changes. I definitely am interested because they were doing something where they're playing with Icy and Chilling, and I think it'll be cool. Yeah, that stuff got reverted, but we'll have to see like where they go. I bet, I bet they wait a little while to actually put changes on that. I bet you that they won't take her too hard because Anivia's always been a really strong champion, and you can't really take her away from that. That's just in her nature. All right, well, let's wrap up uh, looking ahead so much and just take it to the uh, group draw that we saw for the 2016 World Championship. We were able to see all the groups drawn, and I guess I'll just list them out, and then we'll talk about each group individually. So Group A is Rocks, Tigers, G2, CLG, and Albus, Knox, Luna. Group B is Flash Wolves, SKT, T1, Imei, and Cloud9. Group C is EDG, AHQ, uh, H2K, and Ints, and Group D is TSM, RNG, Samsung Gaming, and Splice. So, people were, I just want to remark on this real quick, people were talking about how Group D is the group of death, I don't think so, I think Group B is the group of death for IMA, yeah. <laughs> but that's just how I look at it, Rip IMA. So let's just go group by group and sort of address uh, each group individually. So, as far as Group A goes... I think the clear favorites are Rox and G2. I don't think CLG and Albus Knox really stand a chance. Right. Um, G2 bit on top of their uh, region the entire season. Um, really strong team. Definitely looking like a contender to get out of groups. Rox, Tigers, obviously number one seed coming from Korea. Look, going to be very strong. And yeah, then we have enough. CLG, who definitely are a strong second team coming from NA. But notoriously, their weakness is wildcard teams, and the wildcard team, Albus, Knox, Luna, is actually really strong. So a strong wildcard team, the top seed Korean team, the top seed European team, I think, no matter how good CLG does... They have their work cut out for them. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to pull out some pretty good tricks out of their hat if they want to win this. And I mean, I'm concerned for just, like, the champion pool on CLG, if you look at it, like... Uh, we see a lot of target bans from Korean teams where they'll ban Afra Moose Bard and then take a really strong support pick and then be like, yeah, pick some, you know, pick something. So we'll have to see on that. And I mean, Albus Knox could surprise us, but... Same with CLG. C- CLG could surprise us, but I'm, I don't see it happening. I mean, G2 could, could just crumble. But to be honest, I feel like they're going to boot camp really hard and play very yeah, well. I believe Sven Skarin just got into Master Tier... The third person coming from the Western region, um, he did it in approximately three days, which was six days faster than the NA, two other NA players that did it, and he had a 75% win rate. So, uh, G2 Seth Garen is definitely ready Wait, to... Seth Garen, G2? Yeah. What? He's on TSM. What are you talking about? Where are you going with uh, this? Not Seth Garen. Uh, Sven. Sven, there you go. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. confusing, yeah. confusing Euro- Europeans with their, uh, with their naming convention. He should, just, he should just go back to his old name. When he originally like... changed to Sven, I, I knew at one point I would uh, definitely mix them up. <laughs> I hate this of all these players switching to their actual names. Come on, man. Right. Even, his, even his teacher calls him Sven. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> all right. All right. Let's uh, move on to group B. Um... I mean, 
for NA, we want to say Cloud9, Cloud9, you know, let's do it. But let's face it, SKT T1, even without a great performance in the finals or even in the most of the split, they had their ups and downs. I think they're com- going to come in strong to Worlds. If they don't, it will surprise everyone. Yeah. I hope. I hope no one thinks that they're going to be bad because that's kind of not historically uh, been true of them, to be honest. Yeah, so I think it'd be more surprising to everybody if SKT didn't get out of Group B. If they shit the bed and don't get out of groups, that's weird. Well, not even that. I think even if they don't take number one seed out of Group B, people will be really surprised. Yeah, exactly. Because as good as the first seed um, team Flash was and the third seed Cloud9 team, they're still... It's SKT. Yeah, there's yeah. Flash Wolves is great, but let's like let's actually think about this realistically. Flash Wolves, I think the furthest they ever got was semis in a uh, in a world championship. So, well, something to um, note is that um, the Taiwanese region it always does actually have for whatever reason the counter to the Korean teams. So this is true because of that we could actually see uh, Flash Wolves SKT making it through, but if it's not, uh, Flash Wolves don't, in my opinion, take first seed, I don't even think they're going to get second seed. I think Cloud9 will beat them out, and then Cloud9 will advance. And I definitely think IMA, no matter what, will get fourth seed. And I don't think they're a bad team or anything, I just think the other three teams are stronger than them. And that's just, yeah, for sure. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, that about sells it up for Group B. So, as far as Group C goes, I want to put Faith in EDG, but at the same time, I I feel like H2K with Forgiven is actually really strong. AHQ, seeing them play in the LMS regional qualifiers was beautiful. Ints, sad boys, they don't have much uh, chance in my opinion, but it's cool that they're at the World Championships. Uh, hope we see a four kaboom type moment. <laughs> oh, it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean... What do you th- what do you think about the chances in this group? Who do you think will take first seed at least? I think that no question, EDG is going to take first seed. I really do. I kind of think this is similar to Group B in the way that I think that a certain team, in this case EDG, is going to be guaranteed first seed, and it's definitely going to be a fourth seed, which will be Ints, and so it'll really be the battle between AHQ and HTK. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how many games H2K can take off of EDG, if any, because that's what's going to really help them. Yeah, I personally want H2K to advance, but I really do call it a 50-50 between AHQ and H2K. I mean, we did a whole segment on Forgiven. We we love the guy, yeah. but I don't know if he'll be able to pull it out. You know, yeah, he's we'll got, have to see. But he's got to he's got to earn it. Mhm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, moving on to Group D, uh, we've got TSM, RNG, uh, Samsung Splice. I think this is a sort of a sad boy group for Samsung and Splice. I I really don't see them pulling out much against... I mean, RNG did not perform in the playoffs, to just be clear for people who didn't know, in the LPL playoffs. Like, they did not perform. But RNG historically has been very strong. I'm excited to see the Uzi double lift matchup. I mean, this is one we're going to have to see. If Splice or or Samsung can pull out some crazy, some crazy plays, they might be able to. But I think this is clearly TSM first seed... Maybe a toss-up between RNG Samsung. I don't. Splice would have to pull the miracle play, but I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But 
I just I don't know about the caliber of players, how they can stack up to these yeah. world class players, you know. I think TSM sits at number one, and all three players underneath could really go anyway. I honestly think that Splice could take it. Um, they are a young team. They could have surprises. They could have a crazy boot successful boot camp. They could really surprise the world. But um, looking at statistics and history, they probably will get fourth seed. Yeah, but it's definitely cool, their story, you know, yeah. not even, it's almost like origin story, you know, like they, they came into the summer split, they did really, really well, didn't quite win at all, but were able to come through the gauntlet. Yeah, you no, know, it's top 16th, best team in the world, I mean, you can't, you can't say they're not, there they are, so. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, seeing Yamato Cannon cry on, uh, when he saw his team winning, like, that was just so beautiful, you know, he, those were tears of joy. You know, that was just, wow, you know, my team did it, my boys, you know, like, right. and I mean, Yamato's only 19, but he looks like an older man in comparison to these <laughs> the players that are on uh, Splice. It's kind of funny. Very interesting, man. Yeah. I mean, any uh, closing thoughts as far as all the groups go or anything for the uh, World Championships? Uh, I definitely think that the World Championships... Changes will continue. We'll definitely see more buffs on Flashy Champions. What's interesting, though, is to see how they deal with Tilia because a lot of attention immediately as soon as she got nerfed. And if they fix her immediately, I'm going to be kind of in Monte Cristo's position where it's like, well, hey, my champion Azir is in this situation and we didn't fix him. But... but Well, I mean, they're going to play on 618, but we'll see if there's any hot fixes. Yeah, Do you know if... uh. You know if Aurelian is going to be enabled? I hope so, because that would... Oh, he is. Be nice no, that, he's definitely, because there was a patch at the beginning of 6.18 in the bug fixes. Oh, they fixed notes. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, good, good, good. Uh, so. All right, well, I mean, as far as my thoughts go, I'm rooting for NA. I really think TSM is our only chance to confidently get out of groups. Fingers crossed for Cloud9. CLG, not really a fan of anymore, but, you know, let's hope so. But And I also think realistically not going to happen. As far as my EU roots go, really pulling for H2K, like super pulling for them. Definitely want them to go through. And I think it's going to be a really interesting story to see how China does and how Korea does at this, uh, at this World Championships. Because this will be, if China does bad for a second time, it'll be the repeat story. And if Korea gets outclassed by the West this year, that'll be very interesting as far as how esports are developing. So it's going to be an interesting an interesting story storyline for this uh, 2016 World Championships. No doubt. Yeah, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. we got a little bit of a shorter episode uh, this week. But if you, I'm going to repeat this one more time. I said it at the top of the show. But if you guys have any uh, listener feedback, any comments, questions, anything you want us to talk about, yeah, literally anything that you want us to say, uh, we'll definitely try and take a look at it. Redsmitepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, thanks to you guys so much for listening. This has been Red Smite Podcast signing off. Mm-hmm.